Okay, hello guys and welcome back to Strong Opinion Hibs. This is episode number five. I'm your host Calvin and I'm joined by my good mate Charlie Banks. How you doing Charlie? Not bad mate, how are you? I'm doing well mate, I'm doing well. Um, just before we get started with this podcast, we just wanted to address the the allegations of racism that happened to Glenn Kamara in the Europa League match. Uh, I think it was against Slavia Prague that Rangers played. That's right. Um, what were your thoughts on that, Charlie? It's disgusting, mate. Like to mm. just see that on the football pitch and a massive game such as Europa League. It's just it's not great to see. Actually, sack that. It's not great to see it anywhere. Never mind mm. on a football park. You shouldn't. We should, we're in 2021. We should they be having racism still as a prevalent part of our society as it is? So I was I was gutted to see it happen, and hopefully we never see it again. You know. I uh, completely agree with you, mate. It's just it's just so so ugly to see, and um, we both of us, me and Charlie, just at strong opinion, have just what's so completely against that, and we also stand with Glenn Kamara and everyone else in Scottish football who's trying to take action and, you know, um, get things changed uh, in the game. And the best way that we can do that and the listeners at home can do that is if you see any allegations of racism, whether you're at Easter Road or a, a Scotland match at Hamden or something like that, or even at your work, or you're, call it out. You know, Aye. call it out because there's no place for it in society or anything. So, um, absolutely disgusted with that. And as we said, you know, uh, football's for everybody, no matter what colour, you know, gender, anything. Football's for everybody. It's everybody's game and everyone loves it. So let's make sure everybody's included. Aye, bang on, mate. Bang on. Aye, so put that to one side. Uh, let's just jump straight into it this week, Charlie. It's just back to me and you. We've had some great guests on over the we last have. couple of weeks. You know, we had uh, uh, Money Minter, 75, and um, Darren Phil Thompson last week which was two really good guests, really enjoyed their company and their, their views and opinions. Um, but I just back to me and you this week, Charlie. Um, what was your thoughts on the Livingston game then, mate? 1-1 one, one it finished. Finally, one of us gets a prediction right for the score. <laughs> was that you that predicted that? Uh, I can't remind what I said. I think I said 2-0 Hibs or 2-1. I honestly can't remind. I'm over the moon with getting a prediction right. Uh, but no, nah, I, mean, I mean, it's just, it was very frustrating to watch at times, wasn't it? Uh, so would that be your one word to sum it up in? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say frustrating because I actually thought we were brilliant second half. Mm -hmm. I think probably uh, inconsistent would be the word I'd use. Aye. Aye. How would you? How would you sum it up? Um, I'm probably going to stand by stand by what I said on the the Long Bangers podcast. <laughs> if you, if you, if you've seen that, I got a wee bit. Uh, a few people disagreeing, but it's good. It's healthy to have disagreements and people have their views, but. I thought it was quite quite a typical Hibs performance where it's like you're maybe expecting great things right. but you just come up short. Um, you know, and by that I felt like Hibs probably did deserve the win. But, you know, typically they, they just missed out. Do you know what I mean? Missed, missed maybe a, a few good chances, made the mistake at the back with, with Porteous. And I think, um, you know, I think when Livingston scored their goal, I then just thought, typically... <laughs> Yeah. There's no chance we couldn't make it easier for ourselves and go one 0 and get two 0 up or something yeah. like that. It would have to be have to do it the hard way. So, I I'd stand by that, mate. Um, what else were you thinking about the game then? I you thought I thought we, um, yeah, like I said, second half we were brilliant. Um, looked we looked like we were going to score a few times as well. Second half, and I, I mean, great to see Dodge get a goal, eh? 
like really really good to see him finally get a goal mm-hmm. and- uh, it was good that he sort of persevered me and what, one of the things I noticed when um, Dodge scored his goal you actually seen a lot of the boys you know run right up to him and gather around him really ce- celebrate and, uh, and you could tell they were all absolutely uh, chuffed for me so I've seen that in Jack Ross's interview after the game eh? they were saying that Dodge you know is really popular amongst the squad now, eh? so it's good to Aye. see all the boys were delight- delighted for him and uh, hopefully that does kick start his confidence because he has taken a wee bit of flack over the last couple of weeks and I mean I think I it's perfect time for him to score with where he's going into the split eh? like these are the games that matter now so for him to break that but was it 15 game duck and not scoring to something like that? I finally get a goal, and I think I actually saw a lot of what we saw in him last season on Saturday. You know, just I think he held the ball up well, I think he fought for the ball well. And it's something you'll remember a few weeks ago, I, I slated him for it, and I think it's something that I was really impressed by on Saturday. Uh, him and him and Nisbet up top together is our best partnership, I would say. They look very yeah, good we start, again. We started the season really well with the two up top, mate. And I, th- I honestly think we're one of the only teams in the country that actually plays two up top. Aye. And um, I, I, we went through a really strange spell where we sort of stopped playing both of them up top together and things like that. And we sort of hit a wee dry patch. But um, I, it's good to see them both back up top. And I, I do think they link up well together. Oh, they're, mm. I think it's hard because Boyle, is, Boyle has produced the goals. But I think mm-hmm. his, his best player, his best position, sorry, is out wide. And mm-hmm. I think if we can play them together up top, hopefully one of them doesn't get injured. But for the running, I think I think it's going to do massive boost for their confidence. Both of them scoring the past two games and just hopefully they gel going forward. They, eh? I agree, mate. Just like getting the band back together, can get the boys back together, scoring and things like that. Um, what was your sort of thoughts on the the Livingston goal when Livingston took that lead with a mistake at the back with Porteous? Oh, it was it was schoolboy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like just I don't think he I don't think he really knew what he was trying to do with the ball, and I think mm-hmm. another thing, Marciano, I wasn't really sure what he if he knew what he was trying to do saving that ball as well. It seemed like he he dived too late for it, but no, nah, I mean it's that's the one thing that really annoys me about Hibs is sometimes how soft the goals that we can see are. Yeah, and silly, really and silly, silly. You're right. I I can probably we can probably think of goals off the top of mm-hmm. our head this season that we could have been avoided, you know, and I think that's another one that has cost, potentially cost us three points at the weekend. I definitely, I would say for that for that mistake, it was, um, just seemed like a real lack of communication amongst the back five, like the goalie in the back four, you know. Um, I feel sorry for Porteous, but, you know, he is a, He's not a young boy anymore. Do you know what I mean? He's sort of he's coming into a man, and he, he's sort of trying to cement his position in the team. Like he, he really needs to cut those mistakes out because they can be quite costly. And especially, you know, if we do get third place and we come up against you know quite good European Aye. opposition, like that's the type of things that can cost us. Eh? So he does Aye. need to. I, I do like Portis, and I think there's a cracking player in there. And you know, I think he'd be a brilliant future Hibs captain. And I think that uh, one of the things for Portis is. I don't know if he wears his heart on his sleeve a wee bit too much because he's hips through and through, you know, and he likes to, he likes to throw his body on the line and get stuck into tackles and things like that. Right. So he's dead passionate, like, and I do think he will come good. Um, what's been your thoughts on his sort of performance and that of late and this season and a wee bit in and out the team? And... I, I, I wonder if the, you know, he was apparently going to Millwall in January. I wonder if that's maybe went to his head a wee bit, like, oh, there are teams interested in me. Or maybe try and perform for the camera a wee bit. But no, I think 
I think the week before, on the other hand, like he against uh, Ross County, he was brilliant. I felt, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I, you're right. I think he does him and Darren McGregor maybe. I think they they both wear their heart on their sleeve a wee bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that like I agree totally, mate. There's definitely a good player in there, and I think he just needs. I think he just needs to level his head a wee bit sometimes and read the game a bit better. You know, I think. Ah, definite. I would say the next Hibs captain after Paul Hanlon gets stripped of the captaincy. I agree with you there, mate. I think he's probably just, he, although we are saying, you know, he's sort of trying to become more of a senior player to mature right. a wee bit. Um, yeah, even even the greats make mistakes and things like oh. that. But it, it was costly, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, I do think he needs to sort of iron that out of his game. Aye. But we, we came close to a couple of chances, mate. Uh, we probably could have won the game. I think second half, we were absolutely immense. Aye. I thought we came out, you know, out of the trap firing. Uh, we were really, really good. We looked threatening. We boiled down the wing. And there's a bit of oh, dodge up front. Um, there's a few chances. The one that sort of um, flashed across the goal when Boyle was running in. Aye. Uh, and it was just, just so unlucky. It's just... Aye. It when they seem to go in the net, which was yeah. un- unfortunate for us. Like, I it's just it happens, eh? You get games like mm-hmm. that, so I think it's not. It's just Absolutely, frustrating. Mate. Aye. One when Nisbet sort of ran through as well, and he done really well, and he almost seemed to sort of pa- try to pass it across the goal into the Aye. other into the side away from the goalie, and it just trickled past the post and things like that. Um, just just unlucky because obviously if those those goals go go in. Uh, those shots go in, it builds confidence for the Aye. team and things like that, you know. And um, but I was thinking about this, mate, as we were coming up with you know points to make in the podcast and sort of analyze the game. I was thinking, I have to give Livingston credit because oh, Livingston right. are actually a good team, like they, they've mm-hmm. been a solid team all year, right? You know, um, looks like they've cemented fifth, uh, fifth place as well, Aye. and they've got they've got some cracking players, mate. They really have, they've got they're, a very, they're quite a very good team. Uh, what was your thoughts on some of the some of the Livingston guys? It almost seems like Craig Sibbald loves to score for against anyone. It, sorry, doesn't he like to score against anyone? But as soon as Hibs come to town, he's right up for it. Eh? Like, uh, and, no, I know. I mean, I mean. <laughs> take the defensive errors away. He took his goal well, and I think, I, I mean, I like you say, Livingston are a well-rounded team. They, I think they always have been really, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I they they played their game well. I I think they were maybe a wee bit lucky to come away with the draw, but I think um, mm-hmm. no, they done well. Um, and fair play to them, you know. That's two seasons in a row top six. So, I mean, exactly, that yeah. last season never really ended, did it? But you know, they right. I they've done well this season again, and full credit to Martindale and mm-hmm. I. They're a good. I team. think it's funny, mate, because when I was younger and growing up and that, you know, Livingston were always sort of flirting with the, the championship and Aye. up and down and sort of you know and th- that's probably still the, the image of Livingston that I have in my head I actually think that they've obviously progressed and developed and they've actually became quite a, a decent Aye. premiership team you know it's probably quite right the, the, this actually brings me on to one of the next points because this is a point that I absolutely I t- I'll tell you what I won't tell you my opinion on it <laughs> What do you think of the Livingston Astro? People are talking about playing on the Astro at Livingston and that. And that, that's maybe why, you know, um, the ball bounced the wrong way or um, I've heard a lot of Hibs fans making excuses for Aye. some of the performances we've had up there in re- recent times due to their, their pitch. Aye. 
I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, mate. I I don't think that astroturf pitches should be in the top flight. Right. But on the contrary to that, we train on an astroturf pitch five days a week. So I don't understand how we can turn what we're training on an astro pitch. I know we train on grass as well, but why can we not go from training on that astro, especially if we're playing Livy or Killy, we should be mm. training on that astro pitch more often than on the grass that week because we're going to be playing on it on Saturday. Mm. Uh, but the the last time we were at uh, Livy, we battered them 4-1. So mm-hmm. it's just, I just, I think the AstroTurf pitch just, I don't agree with it in modern day football. You know, Jamie Murphy's done his leg in on an Astro pitch. He never, mm-hmm. almost never played football again. So I just think if you're a top flight team, you, you can't, you can't have an Astro pitch. Yeah, I think, I think my frustration with it is that people look to the Astro pitch as an excuse and it's like, oh, we never won because, you know, uh, Livy Livy have got a terrible pitch. It's an Astro turf, it's an Astro turf. Like, Mate, come on, you're a professional. You're a professional football player. Like, if you've ever been to Ace Men's, they've got like three or four Astros exactly, down yeah. there. Like, I just don't buy that. eh? like, no. I don't, I don't buy uh, the Astro being a, being an issue. Like, oh, it bounces the wrong way or something like that. Like, mate, e- e- even schoolboys and that nowadays, Aye. like growing up, like everybody plays on Astro. Like, Aye. can at the weekend, it's like, oh, everyone's going to the Astros. Like, it, exactly. it's not like it, it's not like it's uh, uncommon or like never heard of. Like, it's no. very common. I mean. Yes, top flight teams should be playing on grass and that, and I can understand why maybe for financial reasons or something that some Aye. of them do have that all-weather, uh, all-year-round pitch. But I hate when people say, like, oh, I, uh, you know, we never won that match because uh, the, it's a tough place to play, that Astro at Livingston and stuff like that. It's like, oh, I just hate that excuse. Yeah, I just think, like, nah, then they blame the ground, man. Like, we're you to professional football players. like, I've, or, I've never bought that argument you know, either. Like I've seen it's a popular one though. A lot of people, I, a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people talk I, about it. Like even like um, guys on sports and stuff like that talk about the the Livingston Astro pitch and that. And it's like I just don't get it. Eh? I, I I honestly think that a lot of the media though they are looking for just someone to blame Livingston for. Really, you know, I think mm-hmm. like there's been so many times when Celtic and Rangers go and the managers are complaining about oh the pitch is rubbish. Like, well, mm-hmm. get get over yourselves. You're the biggest team in the country. You know. And I just uh, think no, I people, with you. people are, I would say, trying to use Libby as the scapegoat for their frustrations when they then they win there. But I mean, mm. like you say, mate, they're professional football players at the end of the day. They train on it. Or at least we uh, train on it. So we should we should be able to adapt our game to the Astro. Mm-hmm. Aye, that's that's just one of the one of the, the things that bug me when people say that, yeah, hey, I just don't don't buy it. But Yes, I think uh, overall, I think Prims are probably unlucky. Uh, a bit of a slow start against Livingston, but we're unlucky not to come away with three points. I think there was a lot of positives to take from that. Uh, for example, Nisbet seemed to, you know, um, get a game full 90 minutes. Deutsch, Deutsch playing as well, doing well. Uh, young Josh Deutsch looking good. Boyle's looking good in the wing. Like, the team's definitely coming together for the next um, split of fixtures, which uh, takes us into the top six in the split. Aye. Now these these were announced, mate. Um, first up, Rangers away, home to Livingston. Next, home to St Johnston, away to Aberdeen, then home to Celtic. How do you see that panning out, mate? Um, I think it's gonna. They're all gonna be tough games, aren't they? You're not. You're I, not... Th- I think we think we realised that at the weekend there against Livingston that just proved every game in the top six is going to be tough. Nobody's in the top six and doesn't deserve to be there. You know, mm-hmm. I think Mirren were probably unlucky to miss out, but 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree. St Johnston are they've won the League Cup. They're there because they deserve to be, you know. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm confident going into them. I think I I'm confident going into the to the mm-hmm. home games. I think we'll I think we'll get something every home game. Rangers and Aberdeen away though. I'm not really sure. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, to be fair, we're actually playing Rangers at a decent time because they've won the league. Nobody's expecting them to do anything. Right. Um, they might want to try and go invincible the way. That's it. And I think it would be class if we could stop that, you know? I think... I think. Now, I'm usually very hesitant uh, when it comes to, you know, predicting big things for Hibs, but I think that Hibs will beat them. And I think the reason they'll beat them is because I've listened to, you know, um, a lot of the people talking on sports sound, the guys talking on open goal, sci-fi yeah. and things like that, and a few a few other channels and that listen to Scottish podcasts, football podcasts, saying that Celtic are the only team that can stop Rangers. And like I, I it's not true. It's I not true. I don't know I don't know why people are saying that. Like I I I, I think Hibs could beat them. Uh, and I certainly hope someone beats them and they don't go invincible, but I think Hibs have got a good chance. Um, I mean I mean going to going to Ibrox mate, we never ever really expect anything, do we? So, I in the past, but see when Rangers were down and we aye. were going through them, we were gubbing them. There's oh. a good few seasons we were gubbing aye. them all the time. <laughs> uh, it was brilliant, man. I loved playing Rangers because it was almost a guaranteed three points. Eh? And it, it was, was like a, we were. I. Hmm. It was like they were. They were rubbish. Eh? Like it was like they were a minnow and we were the big. Gun aye, exa- exactly. Aye. I exactly. I agree, mate. I think we could go there and win. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not. I think I'm going to predict a win for that game. Like we'll go more into this when it comes round to I, you know uh, any of the top six and that. But I, I predict the Hibs win for that one, mate. I do I, think. I think we'll beat them. Eh? And I, I think we just need one more win and third secure, really. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen. I, I was, I was saying, I was speaking to, I, I can't imagine who I was talking to about the earlier this week, and they were saying we, if we win one, Aberdeen need to win forty finish third. Aberdeen aren't going to win any games in the split, in my opinion. It does not look like it. I mean, obviously announced today, Stephen Glass is going to be their new manager. Aye. Um, a bit of a weird one for me, that, to be honest, with ex Hibby as well. Um, Aye, it's a weird one for me too, mate. I, I think they've went the cheap option. I just, I just, I don't understand why you'd get rid of McInnes and get him in. Nah. I think McInnes probably just had a wee bit of bad luck with the form and stuff they were on, but they've still got good players and, you know, they Aye. still come good. But um, next up, Livingston at home. I think that'll probably be a tricky game and I, th- I think we should win that as well to be honest uh, with you uh i would say a draw for that one if i'm if i'm I, put money on it yeah uh, you could be right mate then we've got st johnston at home that's the that's <sighs> the mo- that's the most difficult one to predict because they always seem yeah. to turn up at easter road and we've be the, the last two times we've played them we've always lost 3-0 in the semi Aye. and then uh 1-0 just two weeks ago or however long it was I'd love to. I'd yeah, love to see us batter them, like, but it, nah. it's strange because it hasn't been. Uh, although the scoreline's favoured them, there hasn't really been much in the games, like nah. semi-final. Like to we be fair, first half, first we half battered them. Aye. We battered them. The only difference between uh, two weeks ago was the fact that they took their ch- their, their one chance they had, and we Aye. never. That's it. So hopefully the boys will be up for that. Aye. And then Aberdeen away. Oh, that was the first. See when this fixtures came out, it was the first game I looked up. See when I said it was, was, it was away. Aye. Uh, I wasn't sure, Dave. When I seen I, it away, I thought that was going to be tricky. I'm glad we've got them fourth game because I think third will be wrapped up by then, so it doesn't really matter. I hope but, so, mate. 
But I'm so, me, I'm, I'm on the flip of that. I'm glad we've not got them first game of the split because that could have been that could have been torture to watch. I agree, mate. I agree. I don't actually know what their what, what, what their order is, but um, no, I don't know either. But I think I think I'd expect it to be wrapped up by them. Oh, easily. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have a very hard time finishing third if we get get to the Aberdeen game and it's not already cemented. I think we could probably Aye. kiss it goodbye. But th- if it's so. neck if it's neck and neck, I think I think it'll be. I think we need to win one of the first three games, obviously. I think we'll win. Um, I think we'll win two of the first three. I'm putting putting out. Uh, no, I do, mate. I th- I feel a little bit confident as well. Uh, then Celtic at home I think we'll win that I'll chuck my hand and I think we'll win it as well eh? Why no? we'll I'll, just, I'll go for a Hibs win I, um, I, what have they got to play for now eh, the season's finished eh? so I mean I, hopefully I th- hopefully by then we've nothing to play for either but I just think it's Rocky's last game it's aye. Jackson Irvin's probably last game who really knows hope and, no aye. and it might be Nisbet's last game if, if he goes to the Euros Sunday might pick him up you know I think it's it's just go out and prove a point, like for next Aye. season especially, because Celtic are in a massive rebuild now, eh? So I will see, we'll see. Uh, we put out a poll just after the game at the weekend there and asked um, how many games can Hibs win in the top six? Um, or five games, four games, three games, or one or two games? Now, the majority of Hibs fans think that uh, 80% think we'll win between one, two, or three games. Is that sort of where you see us as well, Charlie? I was looking at that poll earlier. The people that have predicted that we'll win off five, I want to, I want to have what they're what they're on because I can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, that must, it must have been a mistake. Eh? Must oh, have put the wrong one. Like, well. I, I think, I think one between one and three is probably a sensible bet. Probably realistic. I, I actually think we could win four of them, and I think the the dodgy ones, the Aberdeen one. But the, th- the thing think, is, mate. Sorry, you go, mate. I think I I think. One or two is probably your safest bet, though. Eh? I I was just going to say there, mate. It was like what me and you were talking about just before we record. We we pressed record. Is I reckon Hibs will probably do Celtic and Rangers when they <laughs> lose to lose other three because that is Hibs. <laughs> that and that would back up your point of typical Hibs. I I think I think <laughs> that would be you know you could probably predict that probably gub the old firm and lose at home to Livingston or something like that because that that's just how we do it. I and I mean, honestly, let's be honest, mate. It's been a quality season, eh? And it, it's been good to have it back. It's been aye. good to have it back when it, I, you know, fir- first lockdown and it was off and that man, it oh, was brutal. And I think they're predicting that we might have some fans in by the end of the season. So even if we, and really? I, think pre- I think they're predicting to have some fans for the last game. So, mate, fans at home to Celtic, there's no away fans. I think that would work in our favor for the Celtic game. If yeah, we can that get could it. be decent, yeah. But then if they're planning it for the last two games like they're planning then Aberdeen at, Aberdeen at home with fans you know mm-hmm. but I That'd mean be tricky, tricky one mate tricky one aye um, so I will uh, for the listeners we'll come back to the top six you know we're obviously hitting the international break now but we'll come back and, uh, and look at it more in depth we've actually managed to reach out to some other podcasts as well some other um, of the, the the opposition teams there like Aberdeen and the guys who run the podcast Red Tinted Glasses is an Aberdeen podcast. Those guys have agreed to come on and sort of share their thoughts on um, that Aberdeen, the Hibs Aberdeen game and the season so far um, in terms of Hibs and Aberdeen and what sort of both set of fans expected before the game. So that would be good to have them on and we look forward to having them. We're hoping to get um, in contact with the Livingston boys as well. I think it's at the Almond View uh, podcast and, you know, 
do a little bit more uh, integration with other types of fans as well and hear Aye. their opinion. Just going into the, the, the top six just to hear other people's thoughts as well. But, mate, that brings us on to the international break. Do you want to run through this one? Aye, so we've got um, three boys away this time. Um, we've got Nisbet away with Scotland uh, against Austria, Israel and Faroe Islands. We've got Marciano away with Israel against Denmark, Scotland and Moldova. And we've got mm-hmm. Gogic away with Cyprus against Slovakia, Croatia and Slovenia. We would have had uh, New- uh, Niz- sorry, Irvin and Boyle away with Australia, mm-hmm. but due to COVID, they're not travelling. So good, good to see us having three boys away, like. Especially me, I was looking at that as well. That's sort of five, five guys from our first team that are international. Like, Aye. we've not had that in a while. I'd, 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 I'd hazard a guess and say we've never had that. Pretend. In the time I've supported Hibs. Yeah, you, you could be right. Um, well, I think we've had five internationalists in the time I've supported Hibs. No, mate, you could be right. Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to think back on the spot. Ah, no. Do you know what I mean? Listen, <laughs> listeners, got him, we've not got a clue what we're talking about. <laughs> it's hard to think back on the spot, but uh, no, nah, I don't know. It, it always seems to be the case, like guys, you know, never sort of get a call up when they're at Hibs. Right. It always seems to be when they sort of move away because when John John McGinn was sort of flirting with the, the idea of being in there, I don't actually think he got a Scot. Don't quote me on this. Like, I'm not sure he got a Scotland call up when he was with Hibs. I think it was when he moved to Aston Villa. He then aye. got the call up. I think it was. I think he got um, called up just. Maybe, aye, I think you might be right, just as he left. Um, so it's hard to say that Hibs had to play in the team, eh? But you sort of looked at John as one of your own, eh? So oh, aye. Obviously, guys like Griffiths and that as well, like, you know, in the past when they've been at Hibs, not been good aye. enough, apparently. Aye, and aye. then they move, move, you know, back to the wheels and he's in aye. the team. Um, I think the last internationalist we had was maybe McNulty. And McNulty got the call up when he was with us. Aye, that sounds right. Um... And I think a, Kevin Nisbet's under twenty ones though, eh? Aye, we usually have quite a few under uh, a few under twenty ones like Porto and things like that. And um, Omionga was at Belgium and uh, Glenn Middleton and that as well. Aye, eh? aye. Like when he was on loan and that he was under twenty ones as well. Aye. Um, I sort of think that Kevin Nisbet's out and is going to be quite similar to McNulty's when he was at Hibs. I don't think he'll he'll start in the Austria game. Um, I'm not sure we'll see him until maybe the Faroe Islands. I'd like to think I'm wrong, but I think for some reason that they'll probably go um, Dykes and that Che Adams up front. As long as they're uh, not for, playing, for as no, long as they're not no particular like reason. I, I I just think. I I, I just don't. Strange, mate. Me. Eh, strange, really strange. Um, I've tried to be positive about Mick Bunny when I've watched Scotland and that, and I've actually like spent the game like watching him and his movement and things like that, and I'm like. There must be something this boy does well, like, or he wouldn't be in the team. Like, there must be, you know, he, to be fair to him, he holds the ball up quite well. He does hold the ball up well, but he doesn't offer much in terms of like an attacking threat. Right. And how he's managed to get himself in the English Premier League, like, I have no idea. I have no, no idea. Um, but I do think that, I do think that Dykes has proved his worth. I think Dykes oh, is a good massive, player, like, massively, mate. And I think. It's, it's always encouraging to see, you know, we've got decent strike options, maybe uh, apart from your, your what do you call him, um, McBurney, I don't think he's very great, like, but um, no, I think we've got, well, we've never had that from Scotland, eh? like a, a decent strike force, I would say. Nah, looking back to the Kenny, but I think, um, I'm not sure how much game time this, but I'll get, 
it'll be interesting to come back on next week and sort of have a look at that and Aye. chat about you know what he's done uh, if he's been able to get, get himself a shout but I think just him being in and around the squad will be good for him and obviously good for our price tag as well having an inter- now a, a, an internationalist as well so um, absolutely delighted for him because me and you thought he counted them out didn't we I, I certainly did. I thought I thought he'd ruined his chances. Like we sort of to carry on, we want to go to Birmingham and all of that. But at least I, the Birmingham fans will get to know, get to see what he looks <laughs> like in blue. You know what I mean, <laughs> oh, mate, they, I, I mean, good honour me. Like they, good honour me. He's done well this season. Obviously, a bit frustrating in January time that he wasn't really playing well, but uh, all, all positive, mate. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with you, mate. Marciano, he's away. Um, obviously, Israel is against Denmark. He's going to come up against some cracking players playing oh, for Denmark. Um, the boy Ericsson in the middle Ericsson. first. I was just about to say Spurs, no longer Spurs. It's Inter, isn't it? Inter Milan. Oh, I think he's looking for a move away from there. Um, they've got the boy up front, Casper Dahlberg. I think he plays oh, for I, Nice. Ajax. Uh, and that. So, Rocky's going to have his, ha- uh, his hands feel like, hey, coming up a lot of good... There's a lot of good players there, so that'll be a good then, experience for him. I as well with Israel, eh? We 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 know what they're about. So um how many times have we played? It's like we kind of do anything we play in Israel. Like, I if, think, it seems like that's all we do. I think they heat the balls up when they're drawing the group. Say like oh, Scotland Israel, same group again. I <laughs> it's strange, it is strange, it's really strange. But they're, they're a decent side, and I think Scotland Aye. will have you know quite quite a couple of tough battles in that A eh, with uh the sort of international break coming up, but I'll be honest with you, mate. I hate international football. I'd rather it was just Tibbs. I just, but, um, I just don't don't see the point there just now when no one else can travel, eh? Aye. So I yeah, but I good to see the three of them up. Like Gogic should Gogic should have a three tough games as well. Slovakia a good side. Slo- Croatia are a brilliant side, and Slovenia Croatia hi. a quality side as well. Will he so. be in the middle of the park versus Modric then? Oh, <laughs> could you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, is that what is that is that what he's going to be in the I, middle of the park versus Modric? I don't know who else they've got in their team. The Mandzukic is he still with him or? I Rakitic will be there, there or thereabouts. Uh, here's a question for you, Martin Boyle. See if he'd chosen to, you know, try and fight for his place in the Scotland team instead of choosing Australia. Do you think he'd be in with a sniff for this campaign or? No. What do you think? I think he would be, mate. I think um, he's had a very good season. Um, mm-hmm. returned a lot of goals um, I wonder if this is probably his highest goal return in a season I would say um, and he's I think his link up play has been brilliant this season so I I think he would be in about it uh, he's definitely been one, one, one of our most influential players but I think um, I think maybe, I think just because he plays for Hibs he'd probably been overlooked uh, whereas I think I think if he was for example like Playing for a Celtic, then I think he'd probably definitely be in the team. Oh, um, without a shadow, I think it's, without... I think it's a little bit of the case of like um, the boy Turnbull at Celtic, for example. You know, a lot mm. of Celtic fans are, are shouting for him to be in the Scotland squad, and guys like Saifedi and that. And it's like, what, like, wh- whose place is he going to take? And what has he, you know, well, what has he proved that you know the likes of Boyle and that haven't, and guys Aye. like Scott Allen and that, like. You know, overlooked all the time. Do you know what I mean? It frustrates me a bit that with Scotland, but um, aye, it's been a, it's going to be a, a interesting time with Scotland. I'm obviously looking forward to the Euros and that as well, mate. Eh? But, aye, oh, massively uh, looking forward to that. 
I am looking forward to getting the international break out of the way and just getting back on Aye. talking about Hibs. But we'll probably come around and review the Scotland games and that as well, probably next week's podcast. And Aye. Just, uh, we'll give you a wee international update on how the boys and that are doing. Aye, that's good. So, last section, mate. I think you've got some of the listeners' questions. I do. Uh, first one comes from a, a mate of mine called Simon McKenzie saying, who would you say needs to leave Hibs at the end of the season? Oh, who needs to leave? Um, wow. I think I think we touched on that a couple of weeks ago. Probably guys like Halberg. Like, I don't I don't really see like we sign guys like Halberg and Slivcon, like none of them seem to really put a stamp on their position in the team. Aye. And I think um Halberg's been there for a wee while now. You know, it seems he's been glimpses of a good footballer. But it's just never really burst onto the scene. Nah. Um, I don't really understand signings like that. Um, who else is in there that probably needs to? I think we'll. I think we'll probably lose a lot of boys at McGregor and that. I think they're really at the end of the end. I, I, I think probably in terms of playing, nearing the end. Um, I don't think Louis will be far off that either. No, I would say so. Uh, but I'm not saying get rid of them, but I think probably probably Halberg. I just don't see really what he's at, what he adds to the team at this moment yeah. in time. Um, I'm just I'm not sure at all about that. What about yourself, mate? You have any ideas? Uh, Dre Wright. Ah, oh, yeah. Dre Wright and Halberg are the two that I would say without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, up until Saturday, I would have said Dodge as well, but <laughs> see how he finishes the uh, season. But unless I don't know if um, Dre Wright can sort of get a run in the. The preseason and that, and sort of get himself just clean slate and start again. Aye. I mean, however, I mean we've got Cadden and Boyle. I mean, he's probably and started Jamie, Murph- Jamie Murphy's Murphy on loan. Too, he's, he's on loan for Rangers though, isn't he? So, mm-hmm. I wonder if Jay Wright. I want to stake a claim for next season, but I'm not. I just, I, I've never really been a, been fond of him since he joined. As I, as I say, I mean, I'd never heard him until we'd signed him. Eh? No, N- never heard him. Oh, never. Aye. So. So I, I think Halberg and Dre Wright are the two. Um, I'd go with that, mate. And uh, last one this week comes from uh, a friend of mine, Andy Rogers, who runs a, a football podcast called Football Bloody Hell on YouTube. Uh, very good podcast if, if, if the listeners have checked it out yet. And he says, um, if you and Calvin were to pick three sign-ins or three contract extensions, who would they be? And it can be three realistic and three dream. Uh, so contract extensions at Hibs? Aye. Or three signings or three contract extensions. One or the other, I think, he's wanting. Um, I'd probably go... Th- three extensions, probably a bit of cop I'd probably go Marciano. Yeah. Uh, Boyle and Nisbet. Uh, oh, wait, maybe Irvin. I'd probably Irvin. take Irvin, because I think Boyle signed a new deal, so I'll sacrifice him and I'll say uh, Marciano, Irvin and Nisbet. Fair. Um I think in terms of realistic signings, uh, or maybe unrealistic, like keeping it within, within sort of, I'm not going to say Ronaldo or that, oh, yeah. like, it's, it's, not, it's no funny. But um, realistic signings, I think we've talked about it, mate. Griffiths, I think Griffiths would probably be a good addition in terms of, I mean, he's him through and through, and hopefully he can come back and do a wee bit of a job like Stephen Naismith's done for Hearts, like oh, sort of be a bit of a le- bit of a leader, a bit more mature in his career and things like that. Um, and you know, one of the players that when you line up to play against, 
Hibs, a lot of opposition's fans will hate and a lot of opposition's fans will, you know, uh, and he'll hate them back just as much, just exactly the same way, you know, oh, Naismith aye. is at hearts. Aye. I think we maybe, maybe lack that wee bit of an older head. Um, so Griff, um, unrealistic. I mean, I think Declan Gallagher would probably be a good addition to our squad. The boy from Motherwell, will we get Massively. him? Not a chance. Massively. Not a chance. Nah, not. Um, not a chance. Uh, obviously, Jason Kerr at St Johnston's another good good defender. Aye. Uh, I think the defence is probably the place we need to strengthen the most. Um, I'm not actually. I'm not actually sh- sure as well. Um, I you know what I'll go. I'll go for an obscure one that no one will know about. Right. And this is a bit mad, but when I when I used to live in Norway, right, I used to go watch the local team called Lillestrøm. I oh, actually I... lived I lived re- literally right next door, and there was a boy that played for Lillestrøm called Fred Friday. Now, if you're a listener, <laughs> look, look him up because he was absolutely minted. Seriously, when I used to go watch him, the boy was rapid. He was head and shoulders above any of the opposition that came to play. Um, he was a Nigerian striker, and he went he went and signed for that team. Um, he signed for a team in Holland. I'll just quickly Google it now because I can't actually mind who they're called. Um, God, there's no got a bloody name. AZ. AZ Alkmar. Oh, aye. Uh, you'd you'd recognise the badge. AZ Alkmar. And I tell you what, the boy was absolutely rapid. He was very, very good. And when I seen him, I thought that someone like, he, he could probably get a game for Hibs. When I was aye. there looking at a team, because they were, they were pretty poor, like, they were pretty aye. below average. But when I was there, I was like, he could probably get a game for Hibs. But uh, if you don't know him, check him out. Uh, uh, fun fact as well, when I was there, uh, I seen Holland play for Mulder. Oh, wow. Uh, against the local team as well. And he That's was close. rapid. Oh. Rapid. But, uh, oh, man. Aye. So, there's an obscure one for you, but maybe realistic. Uh, good player, like, really good player if you don't know. Um, what's your ones, mate? I do it with the boy at Motherwell as well in the middle, Campbell. But aye. I think we said that before, eh? So just. Aye. I think realistic. I think Jason Kerr's realistic. I think uh, Odafine for Hamilton's realistic. The striker there, I think, someone we should be looking at. I think he's a brilliant player. And I think, <laughs> I think another realistic one that might turn a few heads is I think. I think Liam Kelly, the Motherwell keeper. Right. I think realistic slash unrealistic because I think Motherwell will sign him. But I think he he I think he would be a great replacement for Marciano if we're mm-hmm. not going down the Matt Macy route. Um, so they would be my three. I think unrealistic. I think I'd love us to sign uh, Sean Rooney at St Johnston. Just, yeah. Just at right back, mate. I think he's I think he's a very very good player, and I think he'd. He'd offer a lot, well, probably the same as Paul McGinn, but different in the same sense. Um, mm-hmm. I actually think Griffiths is unrealistic in terms of You're I don't, right, because I think Edward's going to leave Celtic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if Edward leaves, then I think if they're looking for money, then we could get Griffiths, eh? Like, but mm-hmm. I think if uh, if they're looking at maybe taking Boyle off us in the summer, then he has Griffiths in return. I think yeah. the thing is as well with Griffiths, mate, like, I agree with you, like, I, I'd, I'd have him back, but at the same time, like, you know, he can, he, he obviously can be a bit hostile as well, do you know what I mean, like, he, he, he does bring that with him, um, but I think as well, like, I used to be of the opinion, like, see guys like Kevin Thompson and that coming yeah. back and, like, just using, like, Stephen Whitaker, like, just using Hibs for a bit of a ride to, like, see at the end of their career, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
I'm not I'm not into doing like old folk favors now, but no. I think for, for Griffiths, I'd probably make an exception. But I agree with I, you, probably I unrealistic, do, I, mate. I think the last unrealistic one, and it's someone that I've I've been a massive fan of for years, um, playing down south at Newcastle was uh, we Matty Longstaff. Um, all right, okay, I think it's someone that. I mean, Rangers looked at him in the summer there, and I, I actually think that if Hibs put an offer and I think it might get accepted just for right. loan. And I think it's unrealistic, but it's one that I would like to see us get because I think he'd drive us for he's a, I remember they played us in a friendly at Easter Road, was it almost two years ago now? And he played that mm-hmm. night. He scored a, scored a brilliant goal and he just controlled the middle of that park. And I think I'd love to see him play for Hibs, but I just can't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, you may be thinking when you started talking that, I was thinking we Duncan want more, man, Duncan want more. <laughs> oh, I remember right. him all right. <laughs> he was it's a, a bad, it's a bad, oh, a bad team, mate. Eh? Oh, <laughs> but I, no, that brings us to the end, mate. That brings us to the end of the podcast. But um, looking forward to the next couple of weeks, getting the Scotland games and that out, out the way Aye, and then, and then seeing sort of how, how this season rounds up, mate. Then it's Scottish Cup the week after that. Aye. So we'll be back to review all them and we'll be back next week as well to sort of review the Scotland game uh, and we'll get the, the listeners' questions in. We're going to be creating ourselves a wee Facebook page as well just to sort of get our message out there and if you enjoy our content, you'll be able to find us on Facebook at Strong Opinion Hibs. Uh, we'll make that, we'll post it on the Twitter and things like that so the listeners can find us if you're interested. Tell a friend, we never really plug ourselves, but tell a friend, Hi. if you've got a friend that's a Hibs fan, tell them. Uh, they might want to listen to some of the rubbish we talk about. And, uh, <laughs> aye. and also, so, if people want to come on the podcast as well, we're always looking for guests too, if I, anyone fancies it. Exactly, mate. 100%. I uh, agree with you there. If you want to come on the podcast, let us know. Um, and that's great, mate. It's quite funny, actually, because the last couple of podcasts, obviously, like I, I've been listening back to them. Aye. And you, you never realise how much... How, for some reason, I've developed this stutter, but I'm like, uh, 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 <laughs> or, or like, uh, I was listening last time, and I must have said like, oh, 100%, mate, 100%, right. at least 10 times, and I was like, I, I never say, I never say that on a daily basis. <laughs> I never say that. So it's quite, it's quite weird doing the podcast with other than that, but no, nah, it's a good laugh, mate, and if you'd like to come on or get involved, as Charlie says, just drop us a message. Aye, but there we are. Until next time, uh, we'll catch you then, episode Cheers. six. Cheers, mate.